0: Welcome back to the enjoy the walk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, last episode, we went through the entire front nine of the masters at Augusta national today, we will be taking you through the back nine, the golf course architecture, the highs and lows of those who have played this course throughout the years and what's changed over the last decade or so um, that you can expect to see on your TV screens as you are watching this podcast or hopefully listening to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify. But don't forget to check out our YouTube page as well, where we uh, post every one of our podcasts on YouTube, whether it's guests, whether it's just Dante and myself. um, You guys can check us out at Enjoy the Walk podcast on YouTube as well. So, guys, let's dive into it. The 10th hole, the back nine at Augusta, where the magic starts to happen, Dante, where where tides can start to turn and, and championships can begin to be won or lost uh, as we make this swing to the back nine.
1: Oh, we've seen some tides turn. That's definitely for sure. We've seen some collapses on the uh... – the infamous 12, but we'll get into it
0: from the turn of the century. And even far before it, uh, guys have gotten to the back nine and put the, put the afterburners on and, and kind of, you know, put the field in their dust and other people have seen the back nine and, and kind of shitting in their britches per se and, uh, and, and watch their lead fade away. So, I mean, let's, let's get into it, man. Right, uh, right off the bat, the number 10th hole, um, I think iconic, what, you know, begins to describe the, the course, architecture on this hole you have that kind of massive bunker at the crest of the hill on the fairway as you as you look down the fairway on number 10 um and and it's just one of those holes that's seen a lot of drama um down the stretch here Bubba watson's had to make some you know heroic escapes um Rory McElroy's said some, you know, way left of the property on this hole in his, you know, famous meltdown that he had when he when chasing the green jacket. Still yet to see a win out of Rory. Maybe this is the year he gets it done. Um, we'll talk about that later in the show as we get to our picks. Um, but there is no hole on the property that has played tougher than number ten at Augusta at a four point three one scoring average. Um, why do you think that is, Dante? Do you think it's the Do you think it's the visual off the tee making it so tough for these players, or is it the green complex? Wh- where do you think it starts to de- you know kind of divide itself and really make it a tough hole for these players?
1: I think it's both. I mean, we've discussed this already. Uh, you know, your tee shots off the tee, uh, your vantage points, your viewpoints will kind of make you s- second think on what club you really want to hit because sometimes of the elevation and sometimes of you know where you're at you're like ah you know what i can be a little aggressive but damn if well if it hits one hits the wrong bounce and goes wellwards into the tree lines then i mean you're, you're going to be hitting slices and hooks out of there so i i don't know and then obviously the greens the way they are i mean if you land it in the wrong spot sayonara but i don't know i might have to go with the with the off the tee shot first
0: I think it definitely is off the tee when just you look at the different kind of heroics that have been pulled on this hole they haven't been shots into the green they've been shots um off the tee and kind of escape artist kind of style shots off of this you know off this hole you've got like we mentioned before Bubba Watson's crazy escape um and then just other players seem to find um themselves in a lot of trouble in the trees uh, off the tee here and it's one of those things too where, where Bubba Watson's you know quoted saying um you want to be center of this green you you don't want to miss this green but in order to hit this green you have to be in perfect position off the tee as well you know because you're you're coming upward it's a long shot into the green if you miss your tee it's an even longer shot into a pretty punishing green it, it's just a, it puts a premium on ball striking from tee to green um on the, throughout the entire hole
1: oh yeah i couldn't agree more i mean this is the infamous hole where he had to hit the hook right
0: well, it's looking back at it. He hit the hook here, correct? And, and it actually kind of goes back to, um, you know, at, at different playoff holes. You know, Masters does that aggregate playoff, correct? If I'm not mistaken, they do that three-hole playoff? Or do they have to no, believe... to a one-hole playoff?
1: I think it's an aggregate playoff.
0: I think so, too, because this is the famous hole as well where Adam Scott uh, won the Masters um, in the rain when he, when he went down the stretch with uh, Jose – was it Jose Maria Othabo or was it Angel Cabrera? It was Cabrera. Angel Cabrera, was he, Cabrera. Went, he went down the stretch with in that playoff. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Adam Scott won a playoff on this hole. Bubba Watson had the crazy hook that ended up leading him to a Masters jacket on this hole. Um, and, and, you know, kind of just looking at crazy stats for Masters champions on number 10 – Jordan Spieth is actually the only player in Masters history to record two or more birdies in a four-day stretch at the Masters. He's got three recorded birdies in one Masters um, and a scoring average on this hole of 3.88. He's the only player in Masters history to have a scoring average under par at this hole. Just goes to tell you how tough this hole can be.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt. And, I mean, it basically sets you up for the next three holes that we all know and love.
0: I mean, it it
1: leads you so well
0: into a captivating amen corner. And I think, you know, 10 kind of gets, you know, left in the dust when it talks about amen corner. But I think the the trouble people have at 10 sets up amen corner for, for so much drama because guys are gunning through 11, 12 and 13 because of the mistakes they made at number 10.
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this course. And we've said before, you know, one hole does it's like you don't get a break
0: uh-uh.
1: on this course it's it's like you have to set yourself up well and you strategically have to map out which holes you want to attack based on pin locations and weather that day and it's like you know if you're okay if 10 you're looking let me you know let's see if we can just get par and get out of here so we can get to the next three well the next three we know are going to be a one hell of a challenge mm-hmm. so now if you bogey one that you know you're thinking okay it's either a if you want to have a hole where it's birdieable or par where the next one you know it's going to be a lot tougher sets you up like okay i got some leeway if i do well on the previous hole well if you don't do that now you're like oh shit i really have some ground to make up because well now and it's I'm interesting.
0: Almost- it's interesting too, right? As we look into this this kind of weird 2020 Masters where we're splitting the tees, right? You have guys starting on one and guys starting on 10 this year going off in twosomes because of COVID, trying to separate players as much as possible throughout the first two days. It begs the question, are guys that go off 10 just immediately at a disadvantage to those guys who start off a number one tee?
1: No, I don't think so. Because it could because if i think they might be at an advantage cuz if it's a if it's a tougher hole and like you're coming up you know what i mean you're like all right well all right if i screw up that one i have 17 more holes to make up for rather than oh i'm already through 9 i'm coming down the stretch i'm coming up with some famous I mean- holes and all that. that I mean, it goes dad, back.
0: If it's that famous dad, like saying, right. Like, Oh, got the bad shots out of the way. Yeah. And I'm good for the rest of the day. Well,
1: it goes back to the conversation we had the other day when you're flipping the nines, like my dad just played this, this morning. And he goes, Oh, you know, they were saying in the greens or whatnot. And they, he goes, yeah, we started on 10. And I was like, you know what, man, I would love to start on 10 as, as, as one, mm-hmm. um, as the first hole and finish nine on as 18. He goes, me too. I said, because it sets you up for a whole different round, knowing in the back of your mind that your 17th and 18th hole are much more scorable than your eight and nine. You know what I mean? People understand it's going to be,
0: it's still, you still have to play the hole, no matter you still what have, hole. You is. still
1: have to play the hole, but it's going to set up. I think personally, it's going to set up well better mentally than it is for others. So, all right, let's. What's the? Let's go back. So we're looking at if we look at Augusta, right? We're looking at the ninth. Oh, I don't even. that's let's not even go too far ahead.
0: <laughs> it's. Uh, you're getting into that Bryson DeChambeau territory <laughs> where it's like, all right, let's get into the science of which hole plays harder statistically, and this, that, and the other. But you know that that that's another conversation for another podcast. But looking at just kind of the architectural changes made to this hole, it hasn't been much. It, it, it's crazy to me. You know, time and time again, we talk about golf course architecture, and when is Augusta going to time itself out with the distance I don't think it's ever going to happen because they've only done one thing substantially to this hole since 2002 and it's add 10 yards and change an angle so I mean by five yards not change an angle by like 20 30 yards to the left they've only moved the the tee box five yards to the left (laughs) so it's one of those crazy conditions and this is why Augusta National is so beloved I think by golf enthusiasts golf purists everyone alike is because this hole, that you know this course you don't need to change it that much in order to challenge these golfers um to an insane level
1: no not at all so they'll find a way
0: moving into amen corner we're talking number 11 um the the infamous beginning of amen corner um where tiger infamously had that shot from the trees where he miraculously had a window played a little bit of a hook and and bled one in there um to I, i would say you know birdie range. And then, you know, kind of move into his charge as he was the only one to hit the green on 12. Um, But number 11 is one of those holes um, where it's just, it's all downhill. And, and when spectators are there, I would say probably one of the best spots to sit on the course, 11 green. You can see 11 green 11 or 12 uh, T box, 12 green and 13 T. So it's one of those spots where you can watch a lot of the action as a spectator there or as a patron there i should say um but it's one of those holes too where there's not a lot of room for air um very tight fairway very tight green complex that 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 creek sneaks up on a lot of people there to the left especially with that false front and kind of that shaved condition where if you miss the green left it's almost certain in the creek
1: oh no doubt and if you look at the hole like as a you know from t to green Basically, you're setting yourself up for a cut shot, Mm -hmm. put it in the middle of the fairway. And the way the green complex is, it almost kind of to me, to the eye, you're going to want to throw a a draw in there, depending on the pin location, just to get it back there. Because you're going to want, because you're not going to. So if that pin is in that back left corner, you know, all the way back, like right in front of the water, you're not going to risk going over that water because that water comes well more in the play than you really think it does. So you're going to set yourself. So you got to work the ball. So you're going to want to probably push it out to the right a little bit because if you do miss, then you got the whole green to play with. And then you can kind of get up and down from there. Or you draw it in and let the spin and the green complex do what it needs to do. And then, you know, floats on down there. So, I mean, it and that's what's it's kind of like. I I think it's a great hole.
0: I mean, and when asked about the hole and what the premium is on this hole, um, you know, some pros have been quoted, and and it's kind of like the common theme out there. You just don't want to miss fairways at Augusta, right? But especially this one. um, You know, everyone knows you're going to have a long iron in, even if you hit a good a good shot off the tee. So when you miss the tee, it's really a complicated hole. But you know, Bubba Watson's quoted as saying, "Making birdie on number eleven is pretty much like making an eagle." on a par five out there. And, and 2018 kind of exemplified that there was only 13 birdies on the whole the entire masters tournament in 2018 throughout the whole field. Um, so when we just talked about number 10, playing historically tough, um, number 11 is just kind of right there with it. As far as playing historically tough, a 4.40 stroke average last year. Um, it's one of those holes that it just doesn't let up as far as challenge. And that's why amen corner is so special um 10 being a tough hole but 11 following up with just no remorse for the entire field
1: oh yeah and i mean they got two other holes that are very difficult within themselves
0: well and this is one of those cool ones too right you look at we talk about course architecture as we move through the back nine here uh, there's been a lot of changes to this hole from 1999 all the way to 2008 um, the green, the pond and the bunker complex that were kind of all in, in there were reshaped at the turn of the century. Um, in 2002, they added 35 yards um, to the, you know, to the entire hole and moved the tee box five yards to the right. Again, when we talk about all these changes to tee boxes, yes, they're adding some yards. But the common theme, it seems like after like 2000, 2002, we're just moving angles for these guys to make it tougher off the tee and have these like sight lines present a little bit different of challenge to these guys. Something that's shocking to me, in 2004, they added 36 pine trees to the right side of number 11. When you talk about adding a few trees and adding a lot of trees, 36 trees, especially now that we're talking 14, 15, 16 years down the road, these pine trees have to be massive now and present a whole new challenge than they did when Tiger kind of went on his tear in the early 2000s.
1: You have tree lines, add more trees it's just going to make that window look even narrow. I mean, think of this when you're driving down a highway, a nice open five lane highway. And then as you're coming up, there's two tractor trailers and you go right in between them. Mm-hmm. It shrinks up pretty damn quick. Once you, you know, start.
0: you know, the lane is as wide as it's always been. Right. But the minute you get those two, two tall tractor and trailers beside you, you tense up and you just think, get me through here, please. And I can mm-hmm. only imagine that's the way it was. Uh, you know, it, slightly after all these pine trees were added. And it's kind of funny because you look at 2006 then, um, and then, you know, they moved it back another 15 yards and it says added some more trees. It doesn't specify how many they added in 2006 then as well. But then it talks about 2008. They actually removed several trees from the right side of the fairway and widened the fairway a little bit. So I don't know if maybe the membership at Augusta was bitching a little bit that it just got too tough with all these trees out there. Or that they realized that hey maybe we need to make this hole a little more forgiving because we made it too much of a beast. Um, and, and something I think that the interesting interesting to note as well, um, the original design of this place was meant to be sort of a very wide open layout with with the ability to go under some Georgia pines, but not to play cons- you know constantly barking around in these pines. So it, it's one of those things where I, I think there's a a comfortable medium of adding a lot of trees and then maybe adding too many trees that might start to lose the aspect of what Alistair McKenzie and, uh, and Bobby Jones originally intended for this place. So interesting to see them kind of go back and widen a fairway in 2008, but it still, I mean, with the widening of it in 08 guys, you know, as most recent as 2018 are still highly struggling with the 11th hole white dogwood. Oh yeah. So I think, you know, number 12, we move into possibly the most iconic hole on the course Um, you've got the, the, you know, the Rays Creek in front of what is typically beautiful azaleas behind the 12th green. I don't think we're going to see that this year, Dante, with all the fall foliage and things like that, azaleas just don't grow this time of year. Um, It's going to be a different look on the 12th hole for these players as they look to walk across Rays Creek.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen it already. I sent you that picture. uh, Some of the caddies out there taking, taking pics of the course and it just it it looks different and i'll be honest April's way better than it is in november because i just don't think the fall foliage is when i think fall foliage i think like how it was when i was up in screen i mean there are multiple full colors down there and even here in our area it's not as foliage-esque as you would think if you were to go into like an upstate new york or you know, Northeastern Pennsylvania area said to me,
0: I hate to say it because
1: I love what Augusta does. I love
0: how they perfectly manicure everything. But when you look at the trees, there's a lot of Brown and dead around Mm -hmm. the trees here. Unfortunately, there's some hot spots, like you said, where there's some beautiful, bright colors, some oranges, some greens, some Browns, but there's some areas too, that just look absolutely dead. And I feel bad for Augusta because they do always try and control it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, it, it is what it is, and you, you can't you can't control Mother Nature. But, you know, during, like, April when everything's, like, full bloom, I mean, the flowers are out. There's all that color around the greens, and the trees are just full. Like, it just seems like they're in this bubble, and, like, nothing can, like, get through it. But now you got, like, branches, and you can see through certain stuff, and it kind of opens it up a little bit. But Well, I mean,
0: you, you hey, can talk about being in mean, a bubble, right? You talk about being in a bubble. This twelfth hole we're talking about here, I, I feel like, is a, a complete bubble in its own, um, from the rest of the course. You always hear guys struggle so much with the wind; they never know which way's the wind going on this hole. And I think it showed itself last year um, when when Tiger, even I think, took a little bit of experience, um, got lucky a little bit because he wasn't the first to hit his tee shot. But watching two guys hit the ball in the, in the water in front of him with Molinari and Kepka. Uh, it, it just showed that there's just always, I think, some kind of weird uh, effect that this wind has, whether it gusts through the pines or comes in over the pines. And when the ball apexes, it gets to a point almost above the trees where these players don't know which way is the wind going up there. And it, it can, kind of creates this little, I would say, awkward effect to, to where you just sometimes got to hit and hope um, and, and hope that you've got the right club in your hand. And this gust doesn't hit you because we've seen it plenty of times in the past that, Guys even club up almost as much as two clubs and still come up short in the water.
1: Yeah. I guess the way like the layout is and you know, with the trees surrounding it so much, you can feel wind doing what not and say if it's into your face and you feel it, but it's like very subtle. And the next thing you know, you know, you, like you said, you get the ball over the trees and that wind's actually a lot stronger than it really is. I mean, Hey, your best bet is to come up with a better score on a, on 11. So you're end up going last. Cause I think, like you said, that's helped. what helped uh, save Tiger and gotten his win um, last year is because, you know, he watched two guys hit it short. He, he right watched
0: two guys hit it short, but I'm not going to completely chalk it up to that. I'll chalk it up yeah. a lot to experience. He didn't pin-seek. The other two guys pin-seeked, and that gets guys in trouble, That's especially with true. that Sunday pin. He went right over the bunker, no thought of attacking the pin, and played it safe. Played his 2 put, he, made his par, and got out of there.
1: Didn't he say he did that all four days? I mean, he just basically aimed for middle of the green and it's an easy two putt for wherever the pin locations are. Because I mean, and, he's,
0: and I mean, worst case scenario, it's not a huge green. You've got a no. 15, 20 footer. As true as these greens roll, you've got a good look at birdie. If you, you make do. a good roll on it, especially as a tour player, you're going to make a 20 footer every now and then. And it might just drop. And then you're picking up a whole shot on the field.
1: Yeah, it's just that strategy of which holes do you want to really go after in birdie or which holes do you want to kind of play a little bit more uh, conservative and just you know aim for middle of the green
0: i mean we've seen disasters hit people at this 12th hole obviously we talked about brooks kepka and, and molinari last year hitting it in the water but i mean i think the most infamous, infamous in recent history was obviously Speeth's debacle um on this hole not only hitting his t shot in there but hitting his kind of drop shot in there as well hitting two drop shots in there and ended up taking a twelve. Um, but when you look back on the, you know, the entirety of this hole, uh, Arnold Palmers fell victim to this hole, Jack Nicklaus in 1964 fell victim, fell victim to it. And then, you know, you think Spee's 12 was horrible, right? Well, Tom Weisskopf in 1980 actually made a 13 on the hole. So, I mean, th- this hole itself has a history of every year. It seems like, uh, taking a green jacket off of somebody's shoulders as they're slipping one arm into it, going down the back nine at Augusta.
1: Yeah, it's, uh it's a great hole i mean i mean it's infamous like we all know and it's it's very strategic i mean strategic It's 155 yards i mean it's it's pretty short par 4th than what they play on tour but damn do you really have to think on what you want to do when you're attacking this green
0: 100% it it just begs the question how gutsy do you want to get on a master sunday afternoon because the, the heroic shot can be made. We've seen guys absolutely stuff it in there. Um, but I feel like more times than not, when you try and pin-seek on 12 on a Sunday afternoon, you're going to pay the price. Um, and, I mean, we've even seen, seen guys like Rory go long. You know, I mean, it's it's very easy to miss club this hole um, and, a, and a hole that hasn't been changed at all since 1996, um, I, I think is just absolutely incredible um, that, that it again, 10, 11, 12. We talk about these holes that, and, and it's just like Amen Corner, while infamous for for the drama is is because of how much it challenges these players and creates so much headache um, just because of golf course design and golf course architecture.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more.
0: I love it. Uh, You know, we go from one absolute famous hole to another, the number 13 par five, 510 yard par five. It's playing this year. Um, Another hole where Ray's Creek comes into play. We've seen time and time again, as distance plays more of a role in this game, guys going for this green in two. Um, If it's windy and cold this year, it might become an issue. You might see more guys dump it into the Rays Creek than than normal in the spring. I think when it's dry and hot out, Guys can hit this green in two pretty routinely, but as the weather changes, it gets a little cooler um, and wind and rain might become an effect this year. Um, We might see more balls, find Rays Creek, um, you know, on this 13th hole. Um, But it's just, again, one of those holes where it's a huge sweeping dog leg that forces guys to hit a great tee shot. Again, a premium on hitting good tee shots here at Augusta.
1: Premium and forcing you to pretty much work the ball. Uh And I think that's what's so great about this golf course. And I'll keep saying it is it takes it back to what, I mean, you want to talk about the golf day and age that we're in. It's more of like bombing. Yeah, go Just go over everything and just like basically you're just hitting shots to the green, but this course sets up where it kind of goes back to what these, uh, like you, I guess you can say greats are complaining about the distance issue, mm-hmm. but, and how back then it was all about painting the picture and the majestic shots that they take and the, and how they were able to work the ball just to get it around all the obstacles rather than just going over them. And this whole basically is it. I mean, and I mean, got... so
0: a lot of guys, right. You, you talk yeah. about the working the ball, a lot of guys, as they start to hit it longer and higher, um, just take it right over the left-hand corner of the trees. You know, that's kind of the yeah. flight line lately. And, and Patrick Reed kind of hits it perfectly. He's like, You just can't hit it left in the water. Um, And then you can't hit it right in the trees either. I think the only one to ever have success when hitting it right in the trees was Phil Mickelson out of the pine straw. When he went on to win his masters, make Eagle at 13 and go on and win the masters. You don't see too many guys having a whole lot of success down the right hand side in the pine straw and left is dead because you're in the Creek.
1: That and everything slopes severely back to the Creek. Mm -hmm. So T shot is crucial. And then, It sets you up. I mean, I know they complain about it, wanting it to be a three-shot hole, but I think it's an electric hole.
0: I mean, you look at- um, For these guys. Because you want people to score. Uh, Zach Johnson, when he won his Masters, played the hole as a a three-shot hole every day and birdied it three out of four days. Um, and, And then you look at the best scoring averages in this hole. They're all Masters champions who have the top three scoring average. Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth. So you look at this hole and you say, who's going to play this hole the best this week? Because if they play the hole the best in the field this week, there's a good chance you're going to be having a shot at winning the entire tournament, playing this hole well. Because I mean, you just, that just hole. the history says it all.
1: I mean, you at least birdied that hole all four days. That's four, that's four shots right there, four under. And there's plenty of other holes that are birdieable. So, I mean, we've seen the scores from the past couple of years. I mean, it can be anywhere from, you know, eight to nine under two which would speed to go like 22 under that one year. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. That's... Ballistic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you just accuracy is key to this golf course.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those holes, too, where they haven't done much since 2002. They've moved it back 25 yards, um, and they actually kind of made the tee box itself longer by about seven yards to kind of you know, allow the guys to move the tees up or move the tees back, depending on how they want to you know, play with the course setup. But, again, it's one of those just classic uh, golf course architecturally, I think, well-designed holes that just challenge these guys. It makes you hit that risk-reward button. Do I want to take the risk? And, and see if it pays off or do I want to kind of lay back and play smart off and if I make a you know 10 footer for birdie or if I stuff a wedge in there great if I make par oh well um, you know you know it's one of those holes where you can make a big number easily we've seen plenty of guys do it so I, I think it's one of those holes where it's just it's all about decision making as is the rest of the course obviously but this hole especially with the risk reward and then coming off already 10 11 12. I think 10, 11, 12 and how you play those holes dictates the way a lot of guys approach this par five.
1: Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. Because now you know that's a hole where most people can easily get get on in two and eagle as well in reach. So you're like, all right, well, if I, can, if I can get through 10, 11, and 12 pretty good, that'll set me up for, all right, what's the strategy on 13? We're going for it.
0: Well, and and then, like, you talk about, obviously, the the bunkers on 11, the waters on 12 and 13, and then you step into 14, right? 14 has no bunkers. 14 has no water. Uh, Pretty straightforward. Par 4, 440 yards. Uh, Almost, you know, what most people would kind of consider after going through the the last three holes, a breath of fresh air. Um, But then again, a really, really tight fairway to hit here. Um, premium on driving accuracy here, and then premium on the approach shot. Um, Patrick Reed kind of talks about it. You know, there's this huge false front that if you miss the green and, and aren't really superb with your iron play here, you're, you're sucking a ball back off the green a good 30, 40 yards and have this awkward style pitch shot to kind of hit back at the green. Um, so it, it's it's one of those – it's one of those holes where it doesn't it's like deceivingly tough right it doesn't look that tough from the t-box but then when you get to your approach shot uh this green can really wreak some havoc on guys and and really has caused over the years a lot of three putts because of you know inefficient iron play into this green
1: i wonder if it's like that mental setup where there's no trouble quote unquote it's like ah you know okay we gotta breathe here big (sighs) yeah and they're like, all right, well, eh, it's whatever. And you take it lightly. And then Augusta's like, nah, you're going to struggle.
0: Remember when I told you you could have a breath of fresh air? I was just kidding about that. Yeah,
1: it's, <laughs> you think you have a, fresh, a fresher breath there but you really don't.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those holes too, where in 2002, it, there's a lot of, you know, significance as you look into um, the golf course architecture over the years, when they went and tiger proof, the course, right. The, in 2002, after he, after he won his slew of, of major championships, they moved the tees here back 35 yards. Uh, but other than that, they haven't changed anything. So it, it's a very straightforward hole. Um, not too much magic in it. And again, I think it sets you up. It sets the fans up. It sets the players up. Um, for something that you, you think you have a breath of fresh air, but you really got to stay tuned in because if you make a mistake here, you're going into a very challenging, tough par five 15th, where again, risk reward. Um, I always think of this hole as something when I went and played Tiger Woods PGA tour, um, it was always, you know, significant to me because this is where Tiger had his kind of infamous shot you know, from the top of the Hill into the, into the pin, about eight, eight, 10 feet. And the crowd went nuts Um, it's a hole where we've seen a lot of Eagles made over the years. It's a hole where we saw last year, Francesco Molinari, absolutely butcher it, make double bogey and completely play himself out of the tournament. Um, Sergio Garcia last year made a 13, Ben Crenshaw has made an 11 here. Um, there, there's been some historically high scoring on a, on a hole that in all actuality should be fairly simple. If you hit a good
1: drive. Yeah. And Well, that's crucial. Again, like we said, uh, being accurate off the tee and putting yourself in the right position is going to set yourself up for success at Augusta. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just look at it here where most of the guy, I mean, you got trees on the left that kind of come into play if you, if you hit it left or you got trees on the right if you push it a little bit. I mean, you got to be pretty accurate. And then you still have to go over water and into a pretty tiny green. Compared to the size of those big, big Augusta greens. This one's pretty damn small.
0: And what I love about this green too, you hit it, you hit the nail on the head. It's small, right? And if you decide to lay up and have a wedge into the green, you really got to be careful here. This is the famous one where tiger was in perfect contention to put himself in the lead, hit a great wedge in here, hits the stick and actually runs back into the water. This green slopes severely back to front. Even if you hit a, a kind of a really crispy nippy wedge, you might spin one back into the water here, so it's one of those where if you do lay up and you have this wedge shot, and you got to be careful to not spin this wedge back into the water. It, you know, you're almost better off, I feel, hitting a good drive, obviously, and then attacking this this hole and trying to go for it in two because this green is much more receptive to long irons than it is to
1: wedges. Yeah, no, I mean you you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, like you, I mean, I'm looking at it right now on their website and you can just see how, how much it's sloping back. It's almost better. If, if you're looking to miss, you're going to want to miss long.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's one of those holes too, where historically like we've just kind of touched on plays fairly easy field average being around like that 4.5. So right, right around birdie range. But I mean, like we touched on guys in the past, especially on Saturdays and Sundays have made some really, really big numbers here. Um, and, and because of that bank in front, because of the way the green sets up guys, just continue to hit it in that water. And for some reason, hate that wedge shot and do it maybe once or twice. So it, it can lead to some high numbers pretty quickly. Um, you know, we talk about changes being made architecturally. They've lengthened the course in 2006 here or the hole here in 2006 by about 30 yards. Um, and, and what I think is really neat. They shifted the golfer's tee box 20 yards to the left forcing these guys to kind of move the ball or hit something focused on this right side of the green. Because if you remember correctly, there's that massive tree kind of left center of the fairway that forces guys to want to play down the right and need to play down the right. So it just, it's Augusta putting golf course architecture on on a spotlight and saying, we're going to put things on this course to force you and manipulate you to hit the golf ball where we want it to be played from. So we're moving on to 16, the par three. This is where I think, it's just going to be interesting to see how the setup is obviously with no fans. This hole was an absolute electric factory last year. JT making an ACE. Um, I I think another player, maybe even making an ACE. Was it Bryson? Yeah, he
1: made one. Yeah.
0: Uh, We got to throw Bryson in there. (laughs) Bryson made an ACE here last year when Tiger uh, was, you know, kind of making his charge. He almost aced this hole last year. And I think at that point when Tiger hit the shot here last year, it, it was really the shot that captivated the tournament because you, you got footage of, of Brooks looking back, uh, you know, a group behind him as he was on the 18th tee or a 17th tee and looking back and saying, oh, shit, Tiger's charging at this point. You know, it, it was the point in the tournament where you really thought, all right, Tiger's in command. Tiger has control of this tournament. And it's one of those holes that can completely, as we're walking down the stretch on Sunday, change the vibe of the entire tournament. Um, obviously, the- I was just
1: gonna say that it's a momentum hole. Unfortunately, you're not going to have the fans there, and you're coming down the stretch. I mean, you're walking up the 16. You have 16, and you have two other holes left, and that's it. Especially on a Sunday, and with the Sunday pin, I mean, it's amazing. I, it's, this this might be one of my favorite holes on the course because of how electric it is when if there when there are fans there because it's going to set it can set up so many momentum because I mean look at the way people you know they play their shot they play it like in the middle of the green and just let the ball take Mm -hmm. like gravity do the work and then it takes the slope, and then it's just that it's just that intense it's the it's that tiger beat from the video game it's just like pumping and i love it suspense and you're just like i absolutely all right here we go is it it gonna go in or not it's just
0: so cool dude because you look at the way Augusta absolutely beats the shit out of players. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and then 15 is even tricky. But then you get to 16 and Augusta says, all right, I'm going to let you have a chance to make it up here. I'm going to let you have a chance to either dump one in or at least really good shot at birdie. And I'm going to let you be the dictator of your own fate here. We're going to put this pin in a spot where the entire green funnels to. So all you've got to do is get one, get the yardage right. And hit your spot, and we're going to reward you. It's one of the few holes on on the entire property, especially on Sunday where they put the pin, that allows players to capitalize on a good shot. Because a lot of the holes before this, even if they make good shots, are tough birdies, are really, really tough birdies. This hole says, hey, I'm going to let you have this one if you put a good swing on it.
1: Exactly. I mean – it's just like perfect I mean it sets up great for the announcers it get, it sets up great for the viewership it's it's the suspense I mean I mean look at all the videos of those guys playing like they've've they've gotten aces or near aces and where they land the land the ball and it takes like a few seconds for that ball to just kind of get going and moving to hit the slope and then now you have another few seconds as it's tracking towards the hole and you're sitting there on the edge of your seat up oh, what do we got going? We Because, I mean, yo, if you make an ace and you're well in reach of the tournament, that can that's a huge momentum swing.
0: Well, and the crazy thing is, again, I think we're seeing a theme here with uh, Augusta National, at least on our par threes on the back nine. They haven't changed anything here since 1996. Uh, so when you have such a classic hole that just needs no work done to it um, and creates classic moment after classic moment, obviously the sight of Tiger's In your life, have you seen anything like that, Chip, in 2005? um, I think that'll be on Masters Real Highlights for you know eternity. Uh, And then you just look at the different hole ones that have been had here over the years. Um, It's just one of those amazing holes where you could just sit back, and as a fan, you know you're going to get highlight real moments out of this hole, Um, whether it affects the tournament or not. This hole delivers year in and year out.
1: I wouldn't say it's similar to – like the Scottsdale 16, but it is within reason.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's just one of those holes that, you know, you, you talk about stadium architecture. There's not too much stadium architecture around the grounds of Augusta, Augusta National, Stadium architecture. It, 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 it's subtle, but it's there. There's that huge hillside to the left where fans can sit, obviously behind the green and to the right of it, they can sit in behind there. There's some stadium architecture in in and around the property at Augusta, unfortunately we won't see it this year, but it's alive and well there, even if it is subtle and, and Augusta does a good job of kind of hiding the patrons on most of their telecast. They, they, they have a good job of letting the patrons, you know, utilize that stadium seating there.
1: Oh, no doubt.
0: So now we move on to 17 men. We, we move on to the hole where I think might be one of the toughest driving holes on the course, if not 18 backing up this hole. Uh, But uh, you know they moved the tees back here in 1999 by 25 yards. Moved them back another 15 in 2006, and then you know it. Unfortunately, we lost the the famous Eisenhower tree in 2014 to an ice storm. An iconic tree that was looked at as probably one of the biggest, uh, I would say, challenges of this hole. But you know, it's just you, you got to hit a good tee shot here off the off the tee. If you're a, if you're standing on this tee box, it just looks like one of the narrowest shoots you've ever seen as a golfer and let alone to, to have two holes to go to capitalize especially on a Sunday afternoon that this hole is tough man
1: it's it's the tractor trailer effect again I mean I've been mean, looking at it right now that's that's a tight shoot and it, it's so it messes with your eyes so much because you're thinking like all right well I need to hit this one dead straight and steer it to where that can set you up for disaster but in reality, you know, you just got to trust, trust your swing, and just hit the fairway. Because if you miss, you're you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, Charles Witzel's, uh quoted here saying, "If the tee shot isn't in the fairway, you're going to have a tough time. If you're in the fairway, you can make par, birdie. I mean, yes, that sounds simplistic and kind of overarching to the rest of the course, but this one is seriously, it, it is so tight, so narrow. Um, it's one of those holes, man, that I, I feel like it, in sometimes gets overlooked. But in 2018 was the fifth toughest hole at the Masters. Um, So you're talking about a hole that, you know, coming down the stretch, guys can easily make bogey. And all of a sudden, if a guy makes a bogey and and his playing partner makes a birdie coming down the stretch, it can be a two-shot swing hole uh, with one swing of the club. So it's one of those holes where guys over the past have been able to, you know, record scoring averages under par. Ricky Fowler having a 3.82 scoring average here you know very easily can turn into a hole where you can make bogey or worse um and kind of lose the tournament so it's it's a great hole it's one of those holes that you know it's just coming down the stretch man there is no let up at augusta
1: nope Uh, you get like that one fresher breath there barely and then it shits you right back down
0: yeah and i think it leads it leads all in all of this back nine is culminating (sighs) To, to what I think is such a dramatically beautifully designed hole, the 18th at Augusta, par four, 465 yards. Um, and before we get into the 18th, guys, I want to plug some of our own things here before we wrap up on our uh, Augusta National recap and, and give you guys our picks and, and lead you into the Masters week here. I want to talk about Single Strap Society. Guys, if you have not checked that out yet, go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Click on the top of the uh, home bar there, Single Strap Society, and it'll give you a little insider's look at to what we're offering, whether you want to be a digital citizen or a physical citizen. We offer the welcome kits to both. Uh, We give you a logo cup, a three-inch sticker. We give you 25 custom wooden tees with a Single Strap Society logo from Western Birch. Guys, they have the highest quality wooden golf tees in the market. You're also going to receive a Single Strap Society logo tour towel from Whiston Collection um, and access to members only merchandise. So there's a whole line of Single Strap Society merchandise, um, obviously in partnership with the Enjoy the Walk brand that we have available to members of Single Strap Society. Um, And also what you're going to get with the single strap society, all members, whether you're a digital member and get a digital version or a physical member that will send a physical version of the strap book to your front door. The Strapbook is a curated book by the crew of Enjoy the Walk behind the Enjoy the Walk podcast and stems kind of from the idea of scrapbooking, right? We're all one big family here at Enjoy the Walk podcast, and that's the feel we want to give you as a single Strap Society member. Um, It's going to be a scrapbooking-style book that is meant to preserve and present kind of the arrangement of... Everyone that's in this family that likes to carry their bags one strap at a time. So, guys, go check that out. If you want to be a member or have more questions, uh, DM us at enjoythewalkpod on Instagram. Go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com and check that out. So, Dante, 18, Augusta. So much history has been made on this hole. So much history has been had on this hole. There's been so many, I think, iconic walks. Up this hole, you know, a, a, an elevated green, um, a tee that really forces these guys one last time to kind of move the ball left to right. You've got to hit if you're a right-handed player. You've got to hit a little bit of a cut here. If you're a left-handed player, you've got to hit a little bit of a draw here, um, and and navigate this kind of little dogleg as, as you walk as you walk yourself back up to to Butler Cabin as you walk yourself back up um, to kind of where it all started. You know, 18th green here at Augusta.
1: Yeah. I mean, then you got, like, the trees left, trees right, and then you got that bunker up to the left that's just – I mean, that's pretty much all you see because it's pretty much all uphill. And, like, you know, most golfers are like, all right, well, we got to navigate around that. So, I mean, do you know do you know what the carry it is to that off the top of your head? Well, I don't know, but I know
0: there's a bunch of trees um, that kind of, you know, are still in your way off that tree, off that tee box, and, and prevent you from even getting to that spot um, Jordan speed famously kind of caught one of those trees and his tee shot only really traveled 177 yards. Um, I mean, it was on that day that speed still shot 64. So it really didn't matter too much. Uh, but it's one of those things, man, where, where if guys try and cheat sight lines here, if guys try and cheat some of these lines, you know, that, that Augusta forces you into, you can pay the consequences on this hole.
1: Yeah. And then your second shot isn't, isn't easy either
0: no coming all up, up to the, and then coming everything up to a green floating that, back coming up to a green that forces you to be precise where it, it it's kind of this two tier green that Sunday pins typically front left if you miss something deep at this hole it's a very very challenging two putt and if you're trying to close out a masters you can't go long here
1: nope not at all
0: it's one of those it's one of those just just beautifully designed holes, man. And when you talk about green complexes that present all kinds of challenge, uh, T to green, it, it just presents a, a beautiful way to finish um, and is typically a very receptive uh, hole as, as patrons can really, you know, kind of create a horseshoe around this green. We've seen you know, huge ovations for guys that have had multiple strokes leads. We've, we've seen huge ovations for guys that have even blown leads coming down the stretch. The patrons love to show their love for guys who have made it all the way around this course four times. Um, It's just one of those great holes that we love seeing guys wrap up on. Um, The field as a whole has typically seen a, you know, around par average uh, 3.94, you know, pretty much being the average here. So it's one of those holes where you should make par. We expect to see par. Um, but you know, it's one of the, again, the Sunday pin being probably one of the easiest pins for the guys to see all four days. Um, and typically you can hit an eight or nine iron into it. If you hit a good tee box, but it's just, it's all about hitting a good tee shot here again and setting yourself up to attack one last pin here at Augusta.
1: Oh yeah. So
0: that's it, man. That's all the back nine. We've wrapped up the entire, uh, kind of, overarching synopsis our analogy of every hole what's changed what's been the same um it leads us into who's the picks man it leads us into as people are listening to our podcast guys are going to be teeing off at augusta guys are going to be you know attacking this front nine this back nine as people listen to this podcast so it begs the question Who's going, to, who's going to thrive? Who's going to struggle? Who are we going to see make the cut that we shouldn't expect? Who are we going to see miss the cut that we might think is going to win it? Uh, what's the picks for this weekend, man? Who do you see at the end of uh, November? What would be November, hopefully, November 15th, uh, if we don't see a Monday finish because of weather. At the end of November 15th, who are we going to see? Uh, Tiger Woods putting that green jacket on, or, or is he going to slip it on himself this year?
1: I would love to have him go back to back because they have that crazy. Did you see that crazy stat when Jack won his sixth?
0: All right, so Brando Chambly <sighs> needs to chill out. I don't know if you guys have seen that on Twitter, uh, Brando Chambly Dante. If you want to tell the the listeners what that is all about,
1: yeah. So basically, he Jack won his sixth jacket, and the I think. And it's when he won that, it's been 23 years since he won his first jacket. Yep. And is there one more statistic? He,
0: he was 33rd in the world. Yeah, when, that's 33rd it. 33rd in the world when, when Jack Nicklaus won his sixth Masters jacket. And coincidentally enough, it would be 23 years to the day that Tiger – well, not to the day, obviously, because we're in November. But it would be 23 years this year that Tiger Woods picked up his first Masters win. And would you look at that? He's 33rd in the world right now. So if if Tiger Woods were to do some goat things right now, it'd be perfect <laughs> timing for the stars to align and for him to pick up his sixth master's jacket. Um, yeah,
1: that would be, that would be pretty insane. I mean, it is 2020. Uh, so like, don't count that out of the question, but for some reason, I just don't feel as if he's been playing enough for him to, to contend, even though he says he's going to contend. And I honestly don't think you're going to see one of these favorites win. I think it's going to be someone out of the blue, someone who really hasn't been playing, hasn't been really in the spotlight at all, or it's going to be like, I, I wouldn't say like no name, but again, like out of the spotlight. And I'm still going with Bubba Watson.
0: I like it. I like your pick. You stayed true to that for here for the last like month or so. Um, I'm going to tell you a group to focus in on or a, 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 time slot here to focus in on, in which I think, um, the masters winner is going to come out of, um, 1138 AM on T box one tomorrow, uh, Adam Scott, or I guess today when this podcast releases, it'll be Thursday. We're recording on Wednesday here. Um, Adam Scott, Colin Morikawa and Tyrrell Hatton go off at 1138 Eastern standard time. Uh, the, the winner is going to come out of that group. Um, I think it's going to be Terrell Hatton. I have a great feeling about the golf he's been playing over in Europe, the golf he came over here and played um, in the U S over the last few weeks. Um, I think it's his, I honestly think, especially if it gets colder. um, I just think there's something about the way he plays in cold weather, windy weather, that he's going to succeed here. And if he doesn't succeed, um, Colin Morikawa is going to gonna punch through a, a master's victory here and i think if anything why i chose that group is because adam scott has sneakily played some great golf here over the last couple of weeks um and, and i think might just like backdoor a top five finish um somehow some way he's won here before and I, and that's the only reason i put experience on a premium through augusta
1: yeah he's just he's just flying under the radar and just climbing up the ranks here yeah i those are good picks. And like you said, I, I just think it's probably going to be someone who's going to get their first crack at it, or it's going to be someone who's already won a, a jacket.
0: Oh, and I think if we don't see it come from that group, you got to look two groups later at the DJ, Patrick Cantley, Rory McIlroy grouping. Rory McIlroy's fresh off of just having a, a child. Um, I, I feel like his life's coming together here a little bit. He's, I, I feel like finally stepping into because of COVID, because of the break, he's stepping into a Masters where there's not a ton of hype around him needing to win it for once, you know, like there has been in years past. So I think maybe a little less pressure on Rory McElroy um, leads him to possibly contend here. And I think Patrick Cantlay is probably just one of the steadiest players here over the last uh, three months since we've came back from the, from the COVID break. If he's, I mean, he finished second last year, uh, held the lead for 0.2 seconds. I think saw a leaderboard where he was in the lead and shot shit his pants a little bit. But <laughs> he's been there, done that, of holding a lead at a Masters and coming in with a very, very strong play. So uh, it, it, it's up for anyone to grab at this point, man. I don't think anyone's going to run away with it this year
1: no it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle it's gonna be a grind out this for those guys because again it's it might be a complete mind trick on them too because they're gonna be playing in this weather and right? it's gonna be still relatively nice down there and because i don't know if you saw the weather did so far i was actually watching the golf channel not too long ago that the weather did change mm-hmm. dr- dramatically that the thursday no not thursday friday saturday sunday is going to be decent weather probably mid 70s but you know everybody thinks masters they think april you know they think that time of year and right now you're you're in november and it's covid so it's just going to be a complete
0: well and no kind of touch on that too right you, you talk about the warm weather it's still getting down to like 45 degrees at night so those early morning rounds those early morning tea times and we're in that you know post daylight savings time where it gets dark at five o'clock now. So, and and when it gets dark at five o'clock, it gets chilly at at five o'clock too. So there's going to be some differences in the way the weather acts, you know, in that early morning, late afternoon, and it's going to affect the play. It's going to affect how the ball carries. It's going to affect how these guys attack some of these pins. I think, I think the course is going to play softer because of this colder weather coming in earlier and staying in later. Um, but it is, you're right. It's going to get to 75, 76 degrees throughout the entirety of the weekend. So during midday,
1: it's like when it does warm up, it just gets, it just takes forever.
0: Exactly. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm happy that we're not going to see an absolute washout of the weekend. I did not want to watch the masters on a Monday finish, to be honest with you. Um, because you know, we all got to go back to work, but I think, uh, I think my eyes are going to be peeled to the TV this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be a great Masters to watch. I cannot wait uh, for these guys to tee it up.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll have a champion in four days.
0: I love it, guys. That's it from us this week. Enjoy Masters weekend. Uh, let us know who your picks are. W- w- the fuck. Enjoy the walk pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us up there converse with us over the weekend guys we'll be tweeting up a storm we'll be checking in with you on instagram to keep you guys updated with the coverage and that's it guys that's it from us this week enjoy the masters